Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Choice Hotels. Econolodge and Roadway Inn Hotels are serving up double points for every qualifying stay. Book at choicehotels.com. Now, here's the man who's been recognized as radio's best. The recipient of not one, but two prestigious Marconi Awards for his broadcast excellence. The one and only, Bill Cunningham. Hi, Billy Cunningham, the great American. Welcome to this glorious, I mean glorious, New Year's Day night. Don't get much better than this, does it? Tell you what, uh, I want to thank uh, iHeartMedia International for putting me up here in Florida. Came down to spend some time with the family, and I tell you what, the studio spaces, the individuals involved, the equipment that I have, iHeartMedia from Julie Talbert, is really unbelievable. And I thank her, thank everyone there for, for this Sunday night performance. Secondly, I spent time the last uh, several nights on News Nation with Ashley Banfield and Chris Cuomo going over what's happening with this Idaho murder suspect who seemingly they've tied up Brian uh, Koberger in a tight little bow. And I watched a lot of the coverage on uh, Fox, coverage on CNN, which every now and then makes sense, and then News Nation, NBC, ABC, CBS. And as you know, the great American has tried about 25 murder cases on the defense side of things, spent many years also as an attorney general. So I kind of understand how law enforcement works, how it should work. And in this particular case, Brian Kohlberger, uh, based upon the media reporting sources and also from sources within the investigation, for one reason or another, had some sort of a conflict with one of those uh, four college students. The, uh, the father of one of the girls said that my daughter had some connection to Brian Kohlberger. And how the motive developed is really doesn't matter. You never have motive to have to be proved in a criminal case. The reason somebody does something is known only in the sick, demented mind of a mass murderer. And let's not delve into it. The motive, the reason doesn't matter. It may provide a little bit of context for other pieces of evidence. But whether uh, Kohlberger had a good reason, a bad reason, and a sick mind, or no reason, it's kind of irrelevant. It's not an element of the offense. It appears that he used a uh, fixed blade, which looks like a hunting knife that has not been discovered, likely never to be discovered. And, and this character, this Kohlberger, this mass murderer, had a master's degree from a college in Pennsylvania. He decided to get his doctorate at Washington State, which is only about a 10-minute drive from the, from the site of the actual murders themselves. And when the events took place around 2.30 to 3 a.m., about 49 days ago, it would be virtually impossible for someone to use a fixed-blade knife slaughtering 
four young adults in bed as they slept without leaving some of his own DNA present, even if he's a criminal mastermind, even if he views himself as someone uh, wanting to get away with a perfect crime. No one, not even criminals, can think in a bloody murder scene that somehow your DNA is not going to be left in some fashion, either with a fingerprint or with a uh, blood or with some uh, hair residue or something. And so according to law enforcement sources, it took them weeks and weeks and weeks to separate out, to separate the various elements of DNA that were present in that, uh, that three-level apartment. There was DNA and evidence everywhere. I would assume there was pints and pints of blood mixed together. I would assume there was flesh residue. I would assume there was hair. I would assume that there, uh, the decedents had evidence under their fingernails of fighting and clawing and, and screaming and shouting. If someone is shot in the head, it's a quick and one might say almost a painless death. However, if you're stabbed repeatedly, you're going to fight like a warrior poet, especially for young people. And so it took the uh, FBI and Idaho State Police, local Moscow, Idaho police, several weeks to separate out all the DNA present in the scene, including some DNA that may be, have been deposited there of one type or another, uh, irrespective of the criminal act itself. And so that's what took so long. And because because uh, Koberger did not have a system in place within DNA uh, banks himself. He did not, he, there was not a known source of a fingerprint from him or his DNA. It is quite common in today's world for something else to take place, which is a genetic geneolo genealogy work on the DNA left at a crime scene. That is, you go to family members and you put them through the COVID system in order to find out, uh, is there a match on these, on these genetic uh, markers among the tens of millions of people who have either worked in the military or given blood samples or did something else from that one person? You may get an uncle, a father, a brother, a distant cousin with exactly the same markers. So it took them a long time for uh, the identity of Brian Christopher Koberger to be discovered because he wasn't in the system. In fact, NBC News reported tonight about six hours ago that he wrote in his own diary where he wanted to be buried. There was an apprehension, cautiousness of guilt that Koberger had when he committed this offense. Why he did it is something that may not be known. Some, normally you have a motive, which is either a, a robbery, revenge, sexual motive, whatever it might be. But in this case, uh, the, the motive doesn't matter. And so... The death of these four students took a long time to separate them out. And uh, also there was reporting from News Nation that there was a uh, gas station attendant, a college, a female student who had some free time. You might recall that the uh, police put out a general description of a vehicle that they were seeking. And so what happened is the Hyundai vehicle being sought is that the uh, the gas station attendant had some free time, started looking at all the surveillance tapes. And she found a white Hyundai that kind of fit what the police were looking for. Now, this has not been reported. But fact the fact that the white Hyundai was located close to the scene of the murder would lead me to think that a license plate number could be gleaned from those videotapes. 
And this good Samaritan working at a gas station stepped up and said, you know, I have some free time. I'm going to look over hours, hundreds of hours of video, see if I can find a uh, white uh, Hyundai. And she did locate one. And uh, the, the Hyundai, once she had the license plate number, you could quickly run it through various state. I'm sure they began with Idaho and Washington, ended up with it. They finally found the, the owner of a white uh, Hyundai. And so there's also been reporting that the natural father of the defendant rode with him from Idaho back to Pennsylvania. There's no reporting whatsoever from any source that the father is actually uh, involved in this at all. In fact, the police believe it was a singular event of Koberger and that no one else was involved. But nonetheless, I would assume to get to Idaho from Pennsylvania without a car, likely the father flew out to Idaho to spend some time with his son. And then the two of them made their way back. And according to media reporting from News Nation, Ashley Banfield and others, that for about four days, the FBI surveilled the uh, Hyundai and surveilled Koberger and his family. Had to do it very cautiously because where he lived in that remote part of Pennsylvania is uh, is uh, not something you would blend in quickly if you're an FBI agent. And what the reason they did that is that they wanted to see if they could gather some genetic DNA from uh, Brian Koberger, such as a, a slice of pizza half eaten in a box and put in the garbage. Or if he was uh, drinking somewhere, you could pick up the glass. If it was a genetic fingerprint, so to speak, there's other ways of finding that out. The other thing they had was the Hyundai itself. It would be literally impossible for uh, Brian Koberger to commit the level of the violence and the viciousness of that assault without having some blood on his person. So when he left the scene and went inside his car, the white Hyundai, at that point, he would have deposited inside the car maybe like O.J. Simpson did on the bottom of his soles of his shoes, or maybe on a pants leg or on his hands or gloves and on the steering wheel or a shirt or his pants, he would, have, he would have retracted the blood from the murder scene and put it inside the Hyundai. And so the police now, with confidence, the chief of police and others are saying, this is the guy because of uh, genetic, because of uh, genetic genealogy and the DNA. So once he was arrested, they were able to seize the Hyundai one might think, well, I'll get some soap and water and a towel, and I'll wipe down the Hyundai where I was sitting. It doesn't work that way. It would take almost acid to get rid of the blood. And if the blood if blood remains or specimen of one of these four students was found inside the Hyundai, that is 99.99% uh, proof that this guy was involved and was likely the murderer. They had other pieces of evidence they stitched together. And for most of the last five or six weeks, the police department has been going through a living hell with the media and others complaining about why is it taking so long? Why can't you find this out more quickly? And the reason is, frankly, you had to separate really thousands and thousands of particles of DNA. And then family members of those four students had to give their DNA and they had to work like a, like a jigsaw puzzle to separate to see where's the, where's the blood stains saliva stains, pulled hairs, fingerprints, and that was a well-traveled area. The day before, there could have been other students in there with fingerprints. It took a long time for the FBI to separate out and to find something that didn't match. There was a match of Kohlberger's DNA inside the apartments of the murder scene, 
that after weeks and weeks of work, they tracked down through genetic genealogy, left a DNA, left at the scene that was instrumental in leading the police to Brian Koberger. And even if they had, for example, if they had this unmatched DNA, unless Koberger was in the system, the only way to find it out would be to go through genetic uh, genealogy or to have that gas station attendant go through all the videotape. And uh, this has not been put out in the media yet, but there was something about the videotape that surfaced that indicated that Koberger was driving that white Hyundai. And at that point, they targeted him. Then they did the genetic genealogy through family members of Koberger to find out that a Koberger, a male Koberger, committed the murder. And then quickly, you can resolve it wasn't the father. I don't know if he had brothers and sisters. It would take an afternoon or two to get rid of those individuals. And the fact that the family's living in Pennsylvania and the murder took place in Idaho and one Koberger lives 10 miles from the murder scene. And according to one of the fathers of one of the victims, there was a connection between that girl and Koberger. I'm not talking romantic. No, there was a connection that targeted Koberger. That's why they tailed him. That's why they knew where he was going. And then when they finally arrested him, to get a no-knock, middle-of-the-night warrant on a first-degree murder case is a big deal. That's how it developed. Now, lastly, as far as the extradition, supposed to be, I think, on Tuesday. Tomorrow, a lot of cities and states are celebrating still New Year's Day. Frankly, I've had enough of holidays, which is why I'm with you this Sunday Night Live. But nonetheless, from that point on, they uh, once they had the Hyundai and they had proof, and then he was arrested, and it came to a quick court appearance with no bond, it is obvious he's going to be extradited back to Idaho for this reason. There's only two questions uh, at the extradition hearing. Is this a legitimate extradition request from the governor of Idaho? Uh, is it legitimate? Is it a forgery or is it legitimate? Sir, it's legitimate. Great. The second issue is, is this the person identified in the extradition request? Is this Brian Koberger? Those are the only two issues. It's not guilt or innocence. It's not whether you want to go back as a fleeing fugitive. None of that applies. Two questions. Is this a legitimate request to extradite this person signed by the governor of Idaho? And number two, is this that person? And those are the only issues. And I understand from his public defender said yesterday, Saturday, that uh, they were going to waive extradition. There's no reason to go through the hearing, waive extradition, and, and fly him back on an FBI plane from Pennsylvania uh, to Moscow, Idaho. And then sometime at the end of this week, he'll be arraigned on uh, at least four aggravated murder charges, plus all kinds of other charges are available. Idaho does have a death penalty, but as, as you know, it is rarely, uh, rarely followed. So we'll see what happens with that. But that's the procedure, and that's where it is. Brian Koberger viciously murdered four innocent college kids as they slept. And after about 49 days, they have the right person. And when I watched the news conference three or four days ago, and I watched the Moscow chief of police talk about it, there was no question, no doubt. And from watching News Nation most of this week and Ashley Banfield and, and NBC News done pretty good reporting on this and CNN, their sources indicate there's no one else involved. I could not imagine getting someone else involved in this kind of a deed anyway. I, I don't understand how someone else could be involved in this. One might think 
someone helped him an accessory after the fact. And they looked at the father who drove with the son from Idaho back to Pennsylvania. I assume the father flew from Pennsylvania, Idaho, pick up his son and they went back. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That uh, he's been given a, a clean bill of health, according to media accounts. So let's continue with more. As we do, we'll talk a little bit more about this case, plus my predictions for 2023 and also what happened good and bad in 2022. If a line becomes available, 866-647-7337, 866-647-7337. Bill Cunningham, the great American, live with you every Sunday night. The music we listen to all year long. My Billy Cunningham, let's kind of set up uh, tonight's big show. And then we'll talk about what lies ahead. I have my predictions coming up on what went right, what went wrong, what is scheduled to happen in uh, 2023, which is now here, January the 1st in the evening. Some new laws in uh, Illinois, some new laws in California, some new laws in Texas, some new laws in Florida, some new laws in Iowa. You better start following and more. But uh, to put a bow on this thing, fabulous work done by the FBI in the good old days before uh, genetic genealogy even existed. These are the kind of crimes that would not be solved because if you didn't have genetic genealogy through uh, ancestry, et cetera, and other services, you couldn't make these matches. And this is something about 35 or 40 years old, but right now, right now it is a, it is a big deal. And it's the way these crimes are solved. Looking at the history of Brian Koberger, he had his masters and then there was reporting by CNN that in uh, Washington state, he was a doctoral student and that he put out to uh, criminals, especially murderers, a questionnaire about why they committed crimes. What did you anticipate to do? How would you get away with it? In other words, he's doing a doctoral dissertation and he jumped in in the middle of this thing saying to himself, damn it, I'll do it myself. I'll do it myself. That's one hell of a deal. I'll do it myself. And from that, and from a lot of the reporting of friends and fellow students that I watched earlier tonight in, on the NBC Nightly News, one of his uh, classmates at Washington State, who said that after these murders occurred about seven weeks ago, that uh, Brian Koberger was kind of a changed person. He acted a little bit differently, of course, of what he did. And his diary, according to NBC News, indicates that he indicated where he wanted to be buried, as if he anticipated something bad was going to He was only, what, 28 years old. Up to this point, they, the FBI and the local police have conducted 300 interviews. They have 20,000 tips. Probably 99% did not work out well at all. <clears throat> and the one thing that was va valuable, and because of the publicity given to this case, is the idea that, you know what? We have a situation here of this clerk working at a service station who had hours of free time and she went over the tapes of individuals that had come into the service station in order to uh, buy some gasoline and get some snacks. And she discovered from that a white uh, Hyundai that fit the description of what the police were looking for. And when that occurred, 
they were in hog heaven at that point. They were in really good shape. Unbelievable. So uh, we'll see what happens down the road. But th th this is extremely interesting, extremely provocative. And I think that uh, Kohlberger will be convicted within the next six months of the brutal mur murder of these four of these four individuals. And we'll see what happens. So uh, let's continue with more. I'll uh, announce later with some of our guests coming up later. If a line becomes available, 866-647-7337. Bill Cunningham, The Great American, live with you every Sunday night. Traffic and weather. News Radio 700 WLW, Cincinnati. Ukrainians spend New Year's Day cleaning up from Russian missile attacks. With a 1030 report, I'm Sean McCormick, breaking now. New Year's Day in Ukraine, a day of recovery from a wave of Russian missile strikes across the country, including an attack just after midnight. ABC's Britt Klenick is in Kyiv. Ukraine saying they shot down 45 drones and missiles, 32 of them in the capital. One drone had the message, Happy New Year, written on it in Russian. Moscow claims the strikes targeted Ukrainian drone factories. A children's hospital and a hotel were among the sites destroyed in a wave of attacks earlier in the day. Now the latest weather from the forecasters at 9 News. Overnight, cloudy skies, a low of 50 Monday. Cloudy, a slight chance of showers, a high of 63 Monday night. Chance of showers and storms, a low of 58. And then Tuesday, rain, possibly a storm, and a high of 64. The radar is clear. It is currently 51 degrees. From the diehard gambler to the novice wanting to know about it, Ohio's entry into legalized sports gambling is in its first full day. Betting online, all the offers from the betting services, as well as casinos at other retail places. Jessica Franks of the Ohio Casino Control Commission talks of the excitement. The commission understands that people are very excited about sports gaming, but we encourage them to, if they are going to wager, to do so responsibly. There's a lot of information available online, um, and the state has started with our partners. We've got a number of helpful campaigns out there um, encouraging folks to set limits both on time and uh, money. Those with a gambling problem can always call 1-800-GAMBLER. Our next update is at 11 o'clock. I'm Sean McCormick, News Radio 700, WLW. Only the free iHeartRadio app. New Year's Day night, big things going on. And uh, I like to think that 2023 is going to be a whole lot better year than 2022 or 2021. I think 2021, the election of Biden, was an absolute disaster. And uh, I hope 2023 is different. I would assume Kevin McCarthy in a couple days will be selected as Speaker of the House. Let's get on with life. My favorite would be Stephen Scalise. My favorite would be Jim Jordan. My favorite would be Congressman Jim Banks of Indiana, someone like that. But whatever it is, the media now is going to play a game of pin the tail on the elephant for being incompetent. The media only covers Republicans. The media never covers the idiocy of Democrats. When Senator Elizabeth Warren made millions of dollars off of being an Indian, that was no big deal. When uh, a, Congre a U.S. senator from Connecticut identified himself as a Vietnam uh, War hero and none of it had any relationship to reality, that was no big deal. When uh, Congressman, President, Senator Joe Biden 
said that he got into a fight with Corn Pop when he was a lifeguard, and he was a bad dude, and like he got into it with Corn Pop as a lifeguard, and that these little black kids, according to Joe Biden, would stroke the hair on his legs, and he called them roaches. The fact all that's going on, the media couldn't care less. When he talked about being uh, admitted into the Naval Academy in Annapolis, which is a bunch of crap, and media didn't care. When Biden said that uh, he finished in the top of his class in law school, when he finished at the bottom of his class, the media doesn't care. When Biden lies about inflation numbers, when Biden mentally is frail and elderly, and can't put together thoughts, maybe has one meeting, a small little meeting a day, maybe not even that, takes vacations at St. Croix uh, over Christmas as the country's in near meltdown, no problem with that, no issues. When Pete Buttigieg, who's the Secretary of Transportation, in charge of the supply chain, in charge of the railroad labor dispute, in charge of Southwest Airlines, guess what? No problem. The media interviews Pete Buttigieg as if he's competent, as if he knows what he's doing, when clearly he does not. That has, doesn't have a clue. And at no point will the media hold Pete Buttigieg available to uh, – accountable for what he's done on supply chain, on the failed railroad labor strike, or the meltdown of Southwest Airlines over Christmas, et cetera, the media doesn't, doesn't care about that at all. When Kamala Harris has been given control of the southern border and has not gone there to see what's going on and allows millions of legal aliens come across the southern border uh, every year under the Biden-Harris administration, the media doesn't care. How many children have been raped? How many Americans have been killed? How many foreign nationals have died in the deserts of northern Mexico because of the failure of policies? We have so much capability of emitting in aliens. And at that point, we got to stop. Joe Biden could issue an order tonight that would say, you know what? On the southern border, we're at capacity. We admit no one else into the country. And if you come across into the country illegally, you're going to be shipped back immediately by plane, train, or bus to your home city, your home state, your home country. We can't process you. We're going to delay this for the next six months to a year. And then tell the president of Mexico, we're going to make it difficult on you economically if you don't stop these migrants and these drug traffickers and human traffickers from coming up through Mexico into America. That's what Trump largely did. There's 25 times more aliens now coming into America now under Biden-Harris, with Harris in charge of the border, than happened under the Trumpster and Mike Pence. And it's in a complete meltdown condition. But the media cares a whole lot about representative-elect George Santos. Now, that guy is an unmitigated liar. He doesn't represent anything other than himself, and it's a failure of his political opponent. I think Democrat Robert Zimmerman ran against him, and the New York Times and others, whoever uh, who did opposition research, there was none done whatsoever on George Santos. So a few nights ago, Chris Cuomo and I, Chris Cuomo and I got into it on News Nation about the fact, now wait a minute, I'm not supporting whatsoever what George Santos has done in his life. He's lied about his faith, lied about his marriages, lied about his sexual orientation, lied about his grandparents, lied about the Holocaust. Every time he opens his mouth, he lies kind of like Joe Biden. But no matter what you say about George Santos, he was elected. He's going to be sworn in on January 3rd. And then it's up to the Ethics Committee in the House to do whatever 
the Ethics Committee does. To have a committee called the Ethics Committee in the House of Representatives is kind of an oxymoron. But nonetheless, it'll be up to the process to determine what happens to George uh, Santos. He's a liar, should not serve, but he was elected. But what about Adam Schiff? Earlier tonight, uh, Congressman Warren Davidson, I'm inviting him on next Sunday, uh, pointed out with Pamela Brown on CNN tonight that George Santos was elected. He's a backbencher. He'll have no power. He'll have no, probably no committee assignment. George Santos won't have much going on at all in his life. It's no big deal. George Santos is one of 435, and he's going to be uh, treated like he's got leprosy. No one's going to pay attention to the guy at all. But the lies told by Kamala Harris and Joe Biden, how about Adam Schiff coming out of these uh, impeachment hearings with Donald Trump just flat out lying? He's got the proof of a quid pro quo between Trump and Burisma, between Trump and the Ukraine, that it's a Russian disinformation. He's got proof as far as the, the impeachability of Donald Trump. He simply lied repeatedly, and the media continues to put Adam Schiff on the air as if the guy can tell the truth. The lies of Adam Schiff and Kamala Harris and Joe Biden are consequential because they affect you and me. They affect my producer, Danny Boy Gleason. They affect every member of your family. The lies of George uh, Santos, he'll be out of office at some point, whether it's one or two years from now. I can't imagine him getting, <laughs> I can't imagine him getting reelected. Obviously, he'll be out of office, but his lies do not affect you and I at all. The lies of so many Democrats affect us completely, utterly. And look at the lies uh, when Barbara Walters died uh, yesterday. She did the number one interview of all time with Monica Lewinsky. 1999, like 74 million people watched a news interview between Barbara Walters, the greatest of all time, the GOAT, when it comes to interviews. It's her and Larry King, and that's it. And uh, she interviewed uh, Monica Lewinsky and asked some rather, uh, rather interesting questions about thong bikini underwear and how many times they had sex and uh, what kind of sex, and are you in love with Bill Clinton, and uh, what would you say to Hillary? It was, it was a great interview. 74 million people watched it in 1999. But even today, the Clintons are like front and center as prime representatives of the Democratic Party. Many say that right now Hillary Clinton would be in the middle of her second term. Thank God that's not the case. But the lies of Bill Clinton caused him to be uh, impeached but not removed from office. He lost his law license that he didn't need. In every major Democratic convention since then, Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton have been front and center representing the modern Democrat Party. The lies of Bill Clinton destroyed the life of Monica Lewinsky. Did anyone care? Anyone in the Democratic Party care? Of course not. They didn't care. He simply moved on. So the lies of George Santos is not consequential. And tonight, CNN was asking Warren Davidson, Congressman, are you going, are you going to say hi to are you? How are you going to treat him? He said, I don't know how I'm going to treat him. I never met the guy. I, we got more important things to do. But the media will focus on Trump and the tax returns and January 6th and George Santos at the expense of important matters that actually are, uh, are vital to you and I as Americans. What's happening on the southern border? Now you're talking. 
what's hap what happened and occurred in Afghanistan, now you're talking. What's happening with inflation, now that's important. And, and the new laws that are coming out passed by Democrats. I mentioned earlier we're going to have some reporting on uh, new laws taking effect today. One out of the Chicago Tribune, dangerous Illinois criminal justice law goes into effect New Year's Day, which is today. And essentially, there's not going to be any bond, no cash bond in the entire state of Illinois. And uh, if you're released on a serious crime with no bond, you put on an ankle monitor, you're not perceived as being a flight risk until more than 48 hours have gone by before you can be charged with escape. That gives every felon not in prison awaiting trial on vicious crimes two days to get out of Dodge, or in this case, out of Chicago. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The law also will drop trespassing from a Class A misdemeanor to a Class B misdemeanor in Illinois, so there's no arrest whatsoever for trespassing like looting stores and uh in, in california which is even worse one cannot imagine circumstances five radical woke california laws that went into effect today in the previously great state of california ruined well, one is that uh senate bill 107 makes california a sanctuary state for transgender kids there's already many lawsuits filed in which there's a divorce or some custody dispute is pending and one parent or the other takes the child to California, which is now beginning today, a sanctuary state for transgender kids. It will protect the use of drugs or surgery to provide children with gender affirming care to kids who travel to California from straight from states that restrict allowing minors to receive life changing surgery or mutilation of your sexual organs. Just get to California. Senator Scott Weiner said this is in the state of California. The bill offers a refuge to trans minors and their families if they're being criminalized in their home state. So anyone could fly from uh, Tennessee, get on a plane, go to uh, California, and once you're in California, it's a sanctuary state, and then your child can have their organs sexually mutilated. Abortion, for example, was on the top of many governors' minds in 2022. Senate Bill 1375 in California will allow nurses to perform abortions without the help of a licensed medical doctor, which was passed alongside a referendum guaranteeing the right to an abortion and contraception. Nurses can perform abortions without doctors supervising in the first trimester of pregnancy. And how about this one? If you're uh, at Stanford, for example, a third law that went into effect is a COVID misinformation law signed in September effective today. The law will require medical licensing boards in the state of California to take discipline against doctors who are involved with the dissemination of misinformation or disinformation related to the SARS-CoV-2 coronavirus or COVID-19. Think about that. So you have many experts, Bautacheria and others at Stanford, who may have their license removed by these licensing boards. Also, Newsom 
The governor signed a law effective today in California that decriminalizes jaywalking because of racism. According to the experts, that more blacks, according to Newsom and, and Hispanics, they jaywalk more than white folks. So it's racist now to uh, arrest or cite somebody for jaywalking. And uh, another one titled in California beginning today, law enforcement from stopping people crossing the street, not at a crosswalk, unless they're in visible danger. It claims that jaywalking is a racist crime because it's unfairly uh, uh, cited in communities of color. And number five, got to take a break, I know, number five in California today. It's a state control of fast food restaurants. Listen up to this one. California law would create a 10-member Politburo, also known as the Fast Food Council, which would serve for 10 years, allowing them to set wages and working conditions in the fast food industry. So if you have a whatever a fast food industry is, McDonald's, hamburgers, BK, whatever it is, there's going to be a government agency telling you how many hours your employees can work, how much money they're going to be paid, what fringe benefits they're going to get. Get out of California as soon as you can. I'll just continue with more. The line becomes available, 866-647-7337. Bill Cunningham, the great American, with you every Sunday night. The Where Were You in 92 podcast brings you back to the year of big butt anthems, achy breaky hearts, and grunge. Take an audio trip back in time to read. McDonald, what a fool believes, is here from the Catholic League. He's going to talk about a great column put up by, by uh, him and by Bill Donahue about a lifetime of victims that we have created. That is uh, victimology works, and that tonight and many other nights when I watch television, it's all about race and sexual orientation. It's all about uh, dividing people up by their desires to have sex with certain persons or the color of their skin instead of uh, one's uh, content and their character. Look at it this way. We're well past the point of great majority of Americans, I'd say 70% to 99%, especially when it comes to race or gender discrimination. We're well above 95% of us or more do not want to live in a society where a woman or an African-American or an Hispanic or a poor person of any description from India, Pakistan, whatever it might be. We don't want them to suffer any discrimination because of their status, right? We don't want that. So we're not having some argument. And once about, what, seven or eight years ago, the U.S. Supreme Court uh, did what some said it shouldn't have done, but now it's part of the fabric of our country to allow gay marriage. The Human Rights Council uh, had no reason to exist in Washington. They had a budget of hundreds of millions of dollars promoting gay marriage. They had uh, concrete granite buildings. They had professors being funded. They had millions and millions of dollars supporting thousands and thousands of people. So what do you do when the purpose of your existence goes away? Do you declare uh, victory and disband? Or do you look for some other victimhood status to attach to some other entity or person and to keep it all going? And the Human Rights Council and others said, why don't we try transgender rights? Because obviously, very few individuals believe in race discrimination anymore. Very few believe in gender discrimination anymore. And once all the states can have gay marriages, we don't have that argument anymore is not available to us. So what do we do? Well, you had to come up with something to keep the game going. The NAACP, Black Male Coalition, God knows Black Lives Matter, should be out of work. The idea 
that someone can be discriminated against based upon the color of their skin is done. In fact, black folks, and they should, of course, based upon their talents, be the mayor of New York City, the mayor of Chicago, Tom Bradley, the mayor of Los Angeles, be the attorney general, be the president, be the vice president, be the secretary of state, be the secretary of defense, have corporations. The great majority of black folks are middle class. Now, numerically, the greatest number of poor people in America are white. So we can't sell race discrimination anymore because we're in charge. Can, 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 can Lori uh, Beetlejuice Lightfoot really claim that somehow she's in charge of a racist city government in Chicago? Can Mayor Adams in New York City actually say, I'm in charge of a racist government in New York City? No. And so the NAACP, et cetera, should care more about substantive matters than it should call uh, about any more race discrimination that transpires. It simply is not the case, right? And, and so you have to come up with something else to keep the game going. And in this case, the uh, Human Rights Council and others came up with transgender rights. If you're over 18 and you want to dress up like a, a girl when you're a boy, boy when you're a girl, a man dressed like a woman, man, have at it. It's a free country. Do what you want. But don't go into schools, in the libraries, and somehow present an acceptable viewpoint of your kind of definition of sexuality to children. That's best handled by families, etc. All right, let's continue with more. Coming up first will be uh, Jay Ratliff. I'm sorry, coming up first will be Mike McDonald from the Catholic League about uh, victimized and how we're all victims. Bill Cunningham, the great American, with you every Sunday night. Tired of overpaying for your cell phone bill? Switch to Consumer Cellular and save up to half on your wireless plan. Their award-winning 100% U.S.-based customer support team makes switching easy. Plus, you can keep your phone in number with no contract or activation fees. They offer unlimited talk and text with a flexible data plan starting at just $20 a month. You can easily add your family and friends to your plan for just $15 a month per line. Never worry about dropped calls. Consumer Cellular has the exact same coverage as the major carriers to over 99% of the nation. This is all backed by their 100% risk-free guarantee. Join the millions of others who have switched. Go to ConsumerCellular.com slash Radio 25 and for a limited time, get $25 off when you use promo code Radio 25. That's ConsumerCellular.com slash Radio 25. Promo code Radio 25. Attention, if you owe money to the IRS, this is an urgent message. The IRS is cracking down by sending out heart-stopping letters, aggressively garnishing paychecks, seizing bank accounts, and putting liens on homes and businesses. They call it enforced compliance, and you better watch out because penalties and interest on unpaid taxes compound daily, making it seem impossible to ever get out of debt. Don't let the tax debt destroy your life. You need to call Optima Tax Relief, the number one tax resolution firm. They're experts in the Fresh Start Initiative, one of the biggest breaks that the IRS has ever offered. If you qualify, you could save thousands. Optima's resolved over $1 billion of tax debt for their clients. A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, they'll fight to get you the best deal possible. Call Optima now for a free consultation. Call 800-343-6460. 800-343-6460. 800-343-6460. Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com.
by Choice Hotels. Econolodge and Roadway Inn Hotels are serving up double points for every qualifying stay. Book at choicehotels.com. Now, here's the man who's been recognized as radio's best. The recipient of not one, but two prestigious Marconi Awards for his broadcast excellence. The one and only, Bill Cunningham. Hi, Billy Cunningham, the great American. First of all, New Year's Day is here, and uh, many talk show hosts take off, but Danny Boy Gleason and I work like dogs 365 and a half days a year. So I love working on uh, Christmas. I did that, and uh, we love working on New Year's night. I love that. One of the great articles that I read recently is that victims are everywhere of the Catholic League under the leadership of uh, Mike McDonald and also uh, his sidekick, Bill Donahue. And this posting about victims are everywhere really struck at the heart of what's happening to American society today, which is if something bad happens in your life, it's not occasioned by decisions that you've made or the educational achievement that you've earned or by your good moral, ethical uh, behavior. If something bad happens to you, quickly blame someone else that acted upon you over which you had no control such as racial issues or gender issues or other kind of issues that someone has. Don't blame yourself. Don't take responsibility for the failures in your life. Don't learn from your mistakes. Simply become a perpetual victim entitled to benefits because of a status. And victims are everywhere. And Mike McDonald, once again, uh, the new year has arrived. Happy New Year 2023. And the headline is Victims Are Everywhere. And the headline is, they're everywhere. Everywhere you go, there's a victim. It's more than a pastime. It's an industry. Racism, in particular, is a big draw, and I might add, because it pays. Explain uh, the thesis of uh, victims are everywhere. None of us control the outcome of our lives. Someone else manipulates us, therefore pay me lots, lots of money. Please explain. Yeah, Happy New Year there, Bill. Uh, but, yes, uh, as uh, Bill points out in uh, the piece, um, if you look at 2022, because that's uh, what this was, just a little reflection on the last year, uh, vic- victims are everywhere, and it's not just a pastime, as you point out. It, it is a big industry. Uh, there's people profiting off of this, and you see it rampant uh, across the board. Uh, last year, the uh, governor of New Jersey, uh, Phil Murphy states that if you're complaining about crime, well, that's obviously a sign that you're racist. And, and the funny thing about that is consistently in polling data, you'll see that uh, for African-Americans, for black Americans, the number one concern that they consistently raise up is crime. So does that somehow make them uh, racist? Well, according to uh, Phil Murphy, it does. Uh, th- this is just uh, one example of the insanity uh, that we're living in. Uh, during the World Series last year, uh, you had people that were complaining about uh, the lack of black athletes who play baseball. You know, not necessarily we need to cancel baseball. I don't think they're quite ready to do that yet. But uh, the fact that there's not enough black athletes playing baseball is somehow problematic, uh, as the kids are saying these days, which you know, doesn't seem to make sense to me. I, if you don't like baseball, you don't play baseball. There's a lot of other games. If you look at uh, the domination of great black athletes in college basketball in the NBA, maybe that's just more what they're inclined to do. It's uh, it's a bit more of a faster-paced game. It's more exciting. It's easier to play, especially in a, a large urban environment. You don't need a lot of green space. You just need a blacktop, a ball, and a hoop, and you, you can play ball. Maybe that's why they do it. But according to the elites, according to the intelligentsia, it is uh, an absolute sign of racism. 
But but the thing that happens is that racism pays big bucks. And in the World Series, they made a big deal out of the fact that uh, American blacks, uh, I guess they're different than Caribbean blacks because there are many Caribbean blacks that are playing baseball, but they don't count. It's got to be an American black. And I don't want to live in a system of Jim Crow. None of us want to live in that system. So for a long time, uh, black athletes, uh, Americans dominated lots of baseball. My favorite player of all time, for example, was Veda Pinson, the great number 28 who played for the Reds. I could see an outfield of Henry Aaron and Willie Mays and Veda Pinson. Let's go play ball. I could see Bob Gibson on the mound. I could see Roy Campanella behind the plate. I can go position by position. And, and the key is there is no discrimination when it comes to playing baseball. However, I don't see too many Asians playing any American sport. I don't see too many whites, for example, white Americans playing basketball. You might recall that uh, Larry Bird some 40 years ago was the great white hope, and there were many players like Isaiah Thomas who had made racist comments about uh, about uh, the great Indiana State hoopster. And as a consequence, I want to live in a society where there's not discrimination and that a person, a human being, who doesn't represent his race does whatever they want to do and one of the most ridiculous things, you brought it up about New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy playing the race card because he said if you talk about crime, that, that's playing the race card. That assumes in Murphy's minds that criminals are black. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The great majority of numerically criminals in America are white, but Murphy knows to play the race, the race card. And, and you might also point out that whiteboards uh, used in public education a whiteboard is racist. Earlier this year, a community organizer from Seattle said, quote, whiteboards are can be racist. He also she also said that the study of physics has racist elements. Uh, the wife of newly elected Senator John Fetterman. I can only imagine if there is a Republican senator with the lack of mental awareness and articulation skills ru running and now having been elected, what the media would do with them. Uh, the Santos model doesn't apply to Fetterman, but she uh, she said in late October that swimming in America is very racist. How can swimming how can swimming be racist? Yeah, uh, uh, it just boggles the mind. Going back to the uh, the black uh, the whiteboard uh, situation, uh, that's racist. Uh, physics is racist uh, because there's standards that you expect students to hold up. There, you know, there are a bunch of other. Uh, lesser examples of this uh, just from education that just you know clearly took the cake but expecting your students to to use correct grammar to be able to add up two plus two equals four uh the point of mathematics is to find a, a right answer is somehow a racist concept these days uh and then you put it on a whiteboard which you know, i guess because it is white uh makes it inherently racist uh, but also because uh, it shows students how to do things the right way. It's uh, designed to impart knowledge that uh, you have two plus two always equals four. Those <laughs> sorts of standards somehow have now become racist. Uh, and, and who benefits from that? Uh, clearly, 
you know, students in uh, poorer conditions, inner city conditions, minority students don't benefit from something like that. Uh, is this just specifically designed to uh, keep people dumb and ignorant by uh, de-emphasizing the truth? Uh, which in turn, by de-emphasizing the truth, you do make it easier to push all of these crazy radical left-wing notions that we're seeing plaguing society across the board today. You know, and then on the swimming Air, front, that's just, that's yeah, just that's completely ridiculous. idiotic. That's uh, anyone can swim. Okay, sure. Uh, you know, it required like I've had good friends that are swimmers, and it, it does require uh, a lot of money to get into it. Uh, traveling across the country to be an elite tournament, you have to go to the right prep schools uh, to be really good at it. But anyone can swim. Uh, you just go down to the the local Y, and and you can swim. You can do it. There, there's nothing barring you from doing it. It's, uh, you know, it, it's basically a survival instinct. At the end of the day, if you're thrown into water, you're eventually going to be able to pull your way out. Uh, so just to say that swimming in and of itself is a, a racist activity is just idiotic. But what would you expect, though, from perhaps the greatest intellectual titan that the Senate has ever seen, John Fetterman? <laughs> I mean, she, she married the guy, so she knew what she was getting into. And this guy, John Fetterman, famously pulled a shotgun on, a black, on an unarmed black jogger because he thought he heard gunshots. There were fireworks going off. He saw a black guy running down the street, and he pulled a shotgun on him and held him until the police came. And no charges hey, were ever filed. Mike McDonald of the Catholic League in New York City, can you imagine if a white Republican conservative Trump supporter had pulled a shotgun on a black jogger, almost killing him, and secondly, having the mental lack of capacity. We've not heard from John Fetterman for the last two months. Can't find him with a search warrant. Can you imagine what the media would have done to uh, John Fetterman if he was a white conservative Trump supporter pulling a shotgun on a black man? Would they ever have let him off the mat from that one? Oh, no, 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 no. He, he would have been crucified. There would have been a public execution uh, because we need to know that we're taking a, a strong stand against these Trump supporters. But if you're a Democrat, suddenly it becomes magically okay, especially if you're a Democrat that can win a pivotal seat, uh, state like Pennsylvania. And how about uh, Pete Buttigieg the last few days because of the meltdown of Southwest Airlines, the meltdown? I watched some of the CNN interviews of Pete Buttigieg. He is held up uh, for public acclaim. And he's in charge of the supply chain, Pete Buttigieg. He's in charge of the railroad strike, Pete Buttigieg. He's in charge of the airlines. And this guy is a clown and the worst Secretary of Transportation America has ever had. But because of his uh, sexual status as a gay male, mar married, of course, to another gay, uh, gay male who spends time on, uh, in Europe during the supply chain crisis, he, he is not criticized whatsoever when Pete Buttigieg is in charge of the airlines and he's quickly dispersing blame to everyone but himself, can you imagine if uh, Elaine Chow was still Secretary of Transportation and a couple days ago I saw her on CNN and she was still being quizzed about activities of Donald Trump two and three years later, but what if Pete Buttigieg what was a white, straight Republican and the supply chain and the transportation systems were in complete meltdown? How would the media have dealt with him? Well, Bill, I think you're being too hard on Pete Buttigieg. Lest we forget, <laughs> uh, they also recently, uh, by a surrogacy, uh, got two new children uh, in their household that he had to take extended paternity leave on. So he wasn't around to make sure that everything, uh, that the trains were running on time, that people were getting onto their planes, 
that there wasn't some imminent, constantly imminent strike with the railroads. That That's just very harsh to throw on a, a new father via surrogacy <laughs> like that. I mean, this is ridiculous, uh, Bill. It's just ridiculous that we live in a world where someone would get a pass for clearly not doing their job because he doesn't want to make a mistake because he has ambition to run for higher office. So instead of making a decision, he makes no decision and has and then has a media to cover for him. That is ridiculous. That is wrong, and every American should be outraged that the, the truth is not coming out about this, but instead this guy's getting a pass routinely. I, uh, you also point out to the Catholic League, Bill Donahue wrote the story, and uh, saying that a study was published at the end of last year showing that the temperature in offices was typically sexist. Women don't like air conditioning being too cold, and because it makes them feel uncomfortable, Newsweek.com ran a piece entitled, Office Air Conditioning is Sexist to Women, Study Finds. Explain to me how air conditioning is sexist, that women don't want to be cool. <laughs> you know, it's, it just baffles the mind. Although as a recently married man myself, I will say uh, this winter, uh, my dearly beloved wife and I have been uh, going back and forth on how uh, warm to keep the apartment. Uh, but uh, according to Newsweek, according to the, the scientific minds of Newsweek, the, the big problem is that there are just so many hot-blooded, red-meat-consuming men in the uh, workforce, particularly in the office environment, that have so much <laughs> pent-up aggression that they demand that it's, be, it's uh, kept cool, and as a result, women suffer because they typically run hotter and uh, or run colder and need a warmer environment to flourish, <laughs> and these evil white... Uh, cigar chomping, whiskey drinking, uh, heterosexual males Ugh. are keeping them down and preventing them from reaching their their fullest. This is Steaks. just ridiculous, Bill. <laughs> Steaks and bourbon and cigars sounds like Danny Gleason, but nonetheless, <laughs> air conditioning is sexist. And another one: President Joe Biden agrees that on October 26, he said it was unfair to charge more money for large seats in airplanes because, quote, they hit marginalized Americans the hardest, especially persons of color, unquote. Now, the majority of poor people in America are white. They're not black, mathematically. But nonetheless, yep. you got to keep playing the race card constantly so to charge more money because you got a big butt. you got a big butt. you got to pay yep. more money. Guess well, what? And then the other That's thing racist. about that, Bill, is, you know, I think we've all flown at this point. When you when you go on there, you clearly see that if you want the uh, the first class seat, if you you want the the seat for extra leg room, some extra space for your large caboose, I uh, they clearly say that you have to pay more. But somehow Biden, I guess, thinks as he always does that black Americans can't figure this out. That uh, you know they're not smart enough to get online type situation. That that they can't figure out. And that in and of itself is actually the racist statement. Not not the airlines, which you know clearly dropped the ball, like not not doing uh, a good public service on uh, their end. You know, you pay for a flight and you, you sit in an airport for weeks. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. you know, it, it is marked on there. You you can figure it out, unless of course you know we do follow this rabbit hole we were talking about of you know expecting children to be able to read and write and do arithmetic the proper way. If we keep going down that rabbit hole and they shouldn't learn how to do that because it's so racist, then maybe they won't be able to uh, clearly read that, oh, hey, I have to pay $8 more for a seat uh, to, to fit my large self in. Uh, you know, this, this is just just ridiculous. Anyone should be able to figure this out. And it's the, the racist position is to say that black Americans can't figure that out.
Uh, uh, one last thought on that. Butts are not racist. It's because you eat too much and don't exercise. But lastly, there's a poet named Michael Derrick Hudson, and he would write poetry, and he couldn't get a sniff of 40 publishers. He changed his name legally to Yi Fen Powell instead of Michael Hudson. And guess what? What happened, Mike McDonald of the Catholic League? What happened he to Mike published. Hudson? He gets published. Everyone loves his writing. Uh, nothing really <laughs> changed about it. In a lot of cases, it was the exact same poems, but he becomes a award-winning poet because he now had a different name. This is just ridiculous. You know, we're not looking at the quality of people's work. We're looking at uh, their human characteristics uh, that just uh, that don't you know make them a good person or a bad person. Just these categorical descriptions of people, and that in and of itself is actually the racist position. And it just baffles the mind that we're living in an era of just mass hysteria in uh, 2022. Hopefully, this year will be better, Bill. But I'm not holding I, my breath. I'm not holding my breath because follow the money. If it yep. pays, guess what? More of it's going to happen. If it's taxed, you get less of it. And so we have proven as a society because those in charge right now are in their 40s, 50s, and 60s. They come out of public education institutions like Stanford University where being an American is racist. They come out of the Ivy League and Midwest schools like uh, Penn State that seeks racism wherever they can find it. And when they said, you know what, we don't need diversity inclusion so much anymore because here at Penn State we don't have a problem, but there's something now called anti-racism. You're either racist and the victims get paid, and if you're not racist, you have to adopt anti-racism, in which case you get paid. Because it pays, we get more of it. But Mike McDonald, we got to go. Once again, CatholicLeague.org. You and Bill Donahue run the place with an iron grip. And once again, thank you as we start 2023 for coming on the Bill Cunningham Show. Racism and victimhood pays. We're going to get a lot more of it this year. Mike McDonald, thank you very much. Happy New Year, Bill. You're a great American. God bless America. Let's continue with more. Unbelievable. When you pay for something, you get more of it. Bill Cunningham, The Great American Live. Every Sunday night. Hi, this is Bob Trumpy, and you're listening to the home of the best Bengals coverage, 700 WLW. The music we listen to all year long. Negative, of course, toward the Catholic faith, toward Christianity, and toward Pope Benedict. Some of the nastier things I saw on MSNBC had the fact that Pope Benedict was part of the Hitler Youth, which someone had to join when they were like 13 years old. And by the time Pope Benedict had to join the military... In 1945, he deserted. He led a dutiful Christian good life, but the media cannot stop themselves from vilifying uh, Pope Benedict. Let's continue with more. Coming up next is Jay Ratliff picking up the pieces of what's happened the last three or four days with uh, Southwest Airlines, which uh, looks awful. It's terrible. That new Congressman Santos ought to be a spokesman for Southwest Airlines because he's got no relationship to the truth elsewhere. And Jay Ratliff will be talking about what you can do when uh, where you should complain and does it involve those not directly affected but also those who may have been affected uh, ancillarily to the uh, the incompetence of southwest airlines an airline that the great american would never fly i love delta i love delta and a little bit of frontier and that's it bill cunningham the great american with you every sunday night news traffic and weather news radio 700 wlw cincinnati 
Police officers injured in a machete attack in downtown New York. With the 1130 report, I'm Sean McCormick. Breaking now. Three New York City police officers are out of the hospital after being injured on New Year's Eve. A machete attack just outside of Times Square. No other officers were injured. ABC's Mona Kassar Abdi has more. Three NYPD officers attacked while on duty, police say, by a man wielding a large knife just blocks away from the iconic New Year's Eve ball drop in Times Square. One of those officers firing back, striking the suspected attacker in the shoulder. After hearing those gunshots, New Year's Eve revelers seen running in fear. Somebody's trying to shoot as you know as many people as possible. Like another mass shooting. Law enforcement sources identifying the suspect as 19-year-old Trevor Bickford. His home in Maine, searched by the FBI. Monaco Sarabdi, ABC News, New York. Now the latest weather from the forecasters at Nine News. Overnight we're going to have cloudy skies, a low of 50 by the uh, daybreak on Monday. Cloudy with a slight chance of showers and a high of 63 Monday night. Chance of showers and storms, a low of 58. Then Tuesday, rain and possibly a storm, a high of 64. The radar is clear. It is currently 50 degrees. Well, the diehard gambler to the novice. Glad to see the Ohio entry into legalized sports gambling. Its first full day was today. Betting online, all the offers from the betting services, and as well as the casinos and retail places. Jessica Franks is with the Ohio Casino Control Commission, and she talks about all the excitement statewide. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The commission understands that people are very excited about sports gaming, but we encourage them to, if they are going to wager, to do so responsibly. There's a lot of information available online, um, and the state has started with our partners. We've got a number of helpful campaigns out there um, encouraging folks to set limits both on time and uh, money. And those with a gambling problem can call 1-800-GAMBLER. Our next update is at 12 o'clock. I'm Sean McCormick, News Radio 700, WLW. Award season is almost here. All right, radio, thank you again. And the biggest names in music. There are tens of thousands of bags all over Hell's Half Acre. And maybe several weeks before the bags get to the righteous location. Location. There was a guy named Callaher, I think was his name, for many years. Ran Southwest Airlines with an iron grip. It's fallen on tough times. I would not fly Southwest. I'd rather take the Greyhound. I'd rather take the Greyhound and leave the driving to us than get on Southwest Airlines. Fortunately, I live in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I have Delta, a little bit of Frontier. Don't have problems. I think Delta Airlines is the best. Thank God there's not much Southwest out of Cincinnati, but other parts of the world have no choice. And uh, Jay Ratliff is my aviation consultant. And 2023 is here big time, and hopefully this will be a better year than 2022. Uh, Jay Ratliff, welcome again to the Bill Cunningham Show. Can you give us a little bit of a history of Southwest Airlines, how they started, (laughs) their reputation recently, and then what happened? Give us the history of Southwest. I mean, uh, they started 50 years ago. They were an airline that started in Texas. By law, 
they were because of the pressure of Braniff and other big carriers at the time. Uh, by law, <laughs> they weren't allowed to fly outside the state of Texas at all. So they were a very small airline. Uh, at a point when they got started, they had four aircraft. They couldn't meet uh, payroll. So Kelleher, Herb, the founder, had to sell one of the four uh, aircraft so that he could meet payroll. It got to the point with the other three, they told uh, their employees, look, the only way we can make money with these silver revenue tubes, uh, my words, not his, is to turn those bad boys in 10 minutes. 10-minute oh. turn. Can you imagine? They found a way to make it happen. So the airline starts to grow. They use only one type of aircraft, 737s, meaning you only have to have one type of maintenance, only one type of ground equipment, one type of training. All of that stuff was really revolutionary at the time. And uh, they said, we're not going to have all the other interline agreements and uh, things that connect us with other carriers uh, because that's a, a cost uh, issue, and we want to pass the savings on to our consumer. Uh, they had uh, business travelers, mainly they got started, so they had all their flight attendants and many, many, many skirts to try to appease to the uh, predominant uh, corporate travelers, men mostly at the time. And uh, it used to be Kelleher would walk around and pass out uh, bottles of whiskey to different people uh, when they were flying a, a great deal on Southwest, <laughs> and they kind of became the the, the the mavericks of the West, if you will. And uh, the next thing you know, the airline is now allowed to fly outside the state of Texas. They start to grow. They start to grow a lot. The other thing they were very good at, Bill, was making money every single year for, I don't know, it was, I can't recall how many uh, straight quarters that they had where they reported a profit. Many of their early employees that uh, started investing in the company retired 20 years later as millionaires. They were a airline that was incredibly well ran. They opted to go in and out of smaller airports so that they didn't get caught up in the large, uh, like Chicago O'Hare. Nah, we won't do that, but we'll do Chicago Midway a lot quicker to get in and out of those those airports. Dallas-Fort Worth, no, we'll stick with Dallas-Love Field. We can get in and out of there faster. So it was all about trying to take those aircraft and quicken the turns. They, they, they now do 20-minute-ish type turns. And the thought is, instead of a typical three to four segments a day for utilization of that aircraft, we'll push it with fewer, uh, less time on the ground, and we will get that airplane in the air every day for a fifth segment. Now, when you get to the point where, like them, they have six, seven, eight, nine hundred aircraft, and you're able to get an extra segment, segment and a half or so out on average per day, you make a lot more revenue. And they are an incredibly well-ran airline. The problem was that they had a crew scheduling software program that was developed in the 1990s when Southwest was about the third of the size that they are now. Uh, for the last uh, three, four years, pilots and flight attendants have been begging uh, management to upgrade that system because it has frequently crashed on them. I think the last time was October of last year, year before, but it, 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 it pretty well scrubbed flights for three or four days until they could get everything back online. It was obviously outdated, needed to be corrected. Uh, they didn't do it. And then, of course, what happens now is we have the winter storm that hit. The aftermath of that taxed that uh, software program to its limits. It crashed. And Southwest was forced uh, the crew schedulers to do everything manually. Now, for those younger mm. folks in our audience, Bill, they can Google that term manual to see exactly what I mean, but that means pen and paper that way. And there was no way on God's green earth they were ever going to be able to keep up with that, which is why uh, a week ago, well, as of tomorrow, Monday, 71% of their flights were canceled. 71%, 2,909 departures. 
But you know what they said it was? It was a weather-related situation. Of course, I'm the one that always kind of holds my hand up in the back of class saying, excuse me, uh, question, if if 71% of your flights were canceled Monday, last Monday because of weather, why did American Airlines only cancel 12 of their flights? They fly to more cities than you do. Less than 1% of their flights were impacted. You had 71%. Maybe this had nothing to do with weather. And unfortunately, Bill, Southwest being the great airline they are, for whatever the reason, wanted to keep selling this narrative that it was a weather-related situation that brought this on. Or, we don't fly the hub, so it's harder for us to regroup after this type of situation. No, no, no. It was a software meltdown. You did not uh, invest in, in the technology upgrades that that system needed. And as a result of failure to invest, uh, you're really reaping the, the, the aftermath of that at the expense of millions of passengers who trusted them with their holiday travel plans. And, Bill, it was an absolute nightmare from one end to the other. When I saw the media coverage of families sleeping on floors in and around uh, southwest counters for several days, there was one guy that got there on December 21st, did not get out until, like, December 28th, December mm -hmm. 29th. And you're alone. Uh, if you have children, elderly people, others didn't have their diabetes uh, medicine with them, the, the uh, insulin. It was an absolute meltdown. When I, when I see this, can Southwest Airlines survive this? You also have one of your large feet in the stock market. I know the stocks have been down, but nonetheless, financially, can Southwest Airlines survive? Well, they can. And, of course, when things started dropping uh, this last week, uh, the stock dropped about 8 or 10%, which was really only a, a real good buying opportunity for people to jump in. Uh, but, Bill, they're going to survive, and they're going to be fine. Here's what's going to take place. First of all, the situation that they had, which really bothered me, was when they kept saying weather, they did it for a very specific purpose. Airline reservations are a contract between the passenger and the airline. And within the conditions of that contract are that if it's a weather-related event, the airline's only legal responsibility to the passenger is to put the passenger on their next available flight. If it is a weather event, there's no hotel vouchers, there's no food vouchers, there's no compensation whatsoever. They're simply saying, look, it's an act of God, we can't do anything about it, blah, 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 so we'll get you accommodated as soon as we can and that to me this is just jay's opinion is one of the reasons why they kept hammering on that because it was like uh don't look to us to do anything because it's kind of out of our control mm -mm, wasn't a weather situation it was a southwest situation and it wasn't until a few days ago that, that the narrative finally switched where they said well yeah you know we did need to upgrade some of this stuff in the past we've not done it whole bottom line was that the, you had the ceo coming out a few weeks ago apologizing to his employees saying we know you don't have the proper tools to get the job done well why don't they have that because of the fact that the airline opted not to invest where they needed to to upgrade those systems and Bill, as great as Southwest is, that's what's worked against them. They have an all-star team, and that all-star team always found a way to rise above the, the chaos that was going on to find a way to make it happen. And that really worked against them. Because of that reliability from the, the employees, Southwest was always very slow to, to reinvest as they needed to in their systems. And that created a problem because now you have a situation where – 
everything is blown off. You have every flight filled for the entire time period from the 16th of December through the 2nd of January. And with all of those flights pretty well filled, every single time you have a flight cancellation, you have 150 people on average that are inconvenienced. You, you cancel 2,500 flights, which they did day after day after day after day. You're talking about having nearly 400,000 people. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Displaced. Every other airline, their flights are filled, too. Uh, the, these folks were stranded from, as you mentioned, one end of the country to the other. Bags were absolutely a mess. And what ended up taking place was you had people driving. You had people canceling their reservations. People trying to buy an unbelievably expensive airline ticket on another carrier to get them there. I mean, people were scrambling the whole time the Southwest kept saying that it was a weather-related event. Now, for anyone that was impacted by this situation with Southwest... Collect your receipts, if it was a car rental, if it was food, if it was hotel, another airline ticket, what have you, and, and file a complaint not to Southwest where they can ignore us. Go to DOT.gov. That's the Department of Transportation website. At the very top corner, there's a little search box. You just type in airline complaint, and Willie Up pops a very easy-to-use form where we can file a complaint against Southwest outlining exactly what happened. If we have our receipts, and then we can demand a refund. Now, the DOT then goes to Southwest on our behalf, the passenger, and says, we have a complaint. You need to respond. You need to do it within 30 days and copy us in so we know what you're doing. That's the type of thing that needs to happen because the Department of Transportation has indicated they're going to open up an investigation, which I never get too excited about because you and I both know how Washington works. But if we file our complaints to the DOT, we have a much better chance at getting our issues addressed. They may not be completely resolved like we want, but I tell you, it'll be a lot faster than going to Southwest Airlines and complaining to them direct, which is why DOT.gov is the only way to go if you have a complaint, not only in Southwest, but any other airline, current or past. Over the last uh, two or three years, Southwest has received about $7 billion in taxpayer money yes. to uh, operate their business, to be the bridge over the troubled waters of COVID-19, not used wisely. And this is a little bit political, but the Secretary of Transportation is Pete Buttigieg, who is completely mm -hmm. unqualified. He was yeah. a mayor of South Bend. He couldn't even fill the potholes there. His popularity in South Bend, the home of uh, Notre Dame University, was very low, and he leaves. Now he's in charge of the ships, he's in charge of the supply chain, he's in charge of the railroads, and he's in charge of the airlines. Uh, mm -hmm. As a secretary of transportation who's blaming everyone but himself, doesn't he, should he catch some flack for his incapability? Plus, there's a couple of memos that have come out that a few months ago he was notified that Southwest was having some problems around the 4th of July that had some storms. Nothing like yeah. this. But does the Secretary of Transportation bear any blame for what happened? Uh, no. And, you know, look, I, I'm not a fan of the administration at all. I will say that, Bill, I'm, I'm pleased with how they're trying to hold airlines accountable. I want that to continue. But, look, the issues we had in the summer have nothing to do with what's going on now. During the summer, the airlines, and you and I discussed this, operated more flights than they had people. 
for. They saw the mass mandate lifted earlier this year. The demand for travel this summer was booming. They tried to operate more flights than they had the personnel to pull off. And yeah, if it was perfect weather, nobody calls in sick, there's no IT issues whatsoever, yeah, they're going to be able to, to pull it off. Well, we had all of those issues happen, and that's why this summer was very, very bad. And the administration did tell the airlines, look, we're not going to have a repeat of this summer especially this fall and in the holidays. So they were put on notice. So what took place was you had American, United, Southwest, Delta, all the, the, the carriers that greatly reduced their fall and winter flight schedule. They trimmed tens of thousands of flights out off of their future schedule that they tried to operate in the summer because they knew they were not going to be able to pull it off given the number of employees, they knocked it out of the park. Uh, they had some of the, the fewest number of flight cancellations of any of them. United did well. Delta did pretty good. Did not quite as well as they have done in the past. But those carriers responded well. It was only Southwest where each day 85 to 88% of the entire flight cancellations across the country were from one airline. So it wasn't anything other than a Southwest issue, and that's what's really created a lot of problems. And, you know, you asked me about the future of Southwest. You have a lot of people screaming they'll never fly Southwest again. No. Bill, yes, they will. Five they months will. from now when they're making the reservations, <laughs> they're going to say, look, Southwest has taken great care of me for decades. That was a one-time thing during the holidays. They have great fares, great schedules. They, they they have fun when you fly. I mean, they, they do everything they can to try to make flying enjoyable, and they've got an incredible loyal following, and those people are going to be coming back, and they'll come back in mass. Now, some people won't, certainly, but, I mean, for the most part, you're going to have the vast majority of them coming back. They'll probably get a nice little fine or something that will be negotiated down to nothing. But uh, the big thing now is just to make sure that the, the government comes in and says, look, you're going to reimburse the passengers for all of the expenses that they had to incur based on the crap that you created because you had a system that was so woefully outdated. 1990 technology for something that, that today uh, would be in place, I mean, that's ridiculous. And uh, especially when you have different, uh, you know, union groups that have been stressing and pleading with management at Southwest to upgrade that system because far too often it uh, it, it it just collapsed on them. Bill, I, I've heard from pilots that are friends of mine that were at stations where they were spending five and six hours trying to get through to their headquarters to find right. out what was going on. I mean. How do you explain that? Yes, I understand the phones melted down at Southwest. Nobody could get through, but that happens all the time. I mean, there was a weather event once when I called Delta, and I fly Delta all the time, and the message says, I'm sorry, we've got a weather event, a lot of calls, call back later, click. So, I mean, that's Delta. So those things happen during those weather events. So I don't get too bent out of shape there because that's a standard thing that tends to happen. So as far as I'm concerned, Southwest is going to be okay, but – Bill, they've got, they have to learn from this, and they have to correct that obvious problem. Yep. And I certainly yep. hope that the FAA steps in and makes sure that this is something that is addressed and done, not piecemealed, where they just kind of patch it together with duct no. tape and no. say, you know, we've improved it. Well, yeah, okay, if you took it from a 2 to a 4 on a scale of 1 to 100, yeah, you've improved it, but not near enough for what got the it. passengers' employees need. All right, the big information is dot to DOT. Dot gov. Have about it's 20 up. seconds remaining. How do the American people, Jay Ratliff, get a hold of you uh, this New Year's Day night? 
they can get a hold of me through my uh, business website, jratliff.com. And if they obviously, I, I teach people how to trade stocks, Bill. But the big thing is if there's any aviation related questions or any airline issue that the airlines are not, uh, you know, coming forward on, contact me through my website at jratliff.com. And as quickly as my schedule allows, I'll get right back to you because we've got to hold the airlines accountable. Uh, they're being pressured now more than ever before. I want it to continue. And look, I'm going to do my part to make sure it does continue. Jay Ratliff, thank you for coming on the Bill Cunningham Show. Thank you. Let's continue with more. Bill Cunningham live this New Year's Day night. The Where Were You in 92 podcast brings you back to the year of big butt anthems, achy breaky hearts, and grunge. Take an audio trip back in time to relive the wildest, most eclectic, and controversial 12 months in music through interviews with critics, industry bigwigs, and the artists themselves. Take me back to a magical time when when music was magic and I had completely burned that to the ground. Listen to Where Were You in 92 on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. The wait is over. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in the NFL, is officially live in Ohio now. Radio 700 WLW. Available anywhere you go on the iHeartRadio app. Download it now. Tired of overpaying for your cell phone bill? Switch to Consumer Cellular and save up to half on your wireless plan. Their award-winning 100% U.S.-based customer support team makes switching easy. Plus, you can keep your phone in number with no contract or activation fees. They offer unlimited talk and text with a flexible data plan starting at just $20 a month. You can easily add your family and friends to your plan for just $15 a month per line. Never worry about dropped calls. Consumer Cellular has the exact same coverage as the major carriers to over 99% of the nation. This is all backed by their 100% risk-free guarantee. Join the millions of others who have switched. Go to ConsumerCellular.com slash Radio 25. And for a limited time, get $25 off when you use promo code Radio 25. That's ConsumerCellular.com slash Radio 25. Promo code Radio 25. It's the season of giving. Let's see. Sweater for mom. Video game for Jake. But it can be dangerously easy to give away more than you mean to. My maiden name for someone named Andy. My airline miles for a woman named Sarah. More online shopping for gifts and travel can mean more exposed personal info. Credit card security code for Gina? Wait, I don't know a Gina. LifeLock makes it easy to help protect yourself. If you become an identity theft victim, a dedicated U.S.-based identity restoration specialist will work to fix it on your behalf. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But with LifeLock by Norton, you've got identity theft protection all wrapped up all year round. What else? I know I'm forgetting something. It's LifeLock. You're forgetting LifeLock. Better not forget to save big with up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com with promo code NEWS. That's 25% off with promo code NEWS. Hi, Billy Cunningham, the great American. You know, earlier this evening on CNN, Pamela Brown, I watched an interview with uh, Congressman not Brad Wenstrup, but Warren Davidson, who's uh, who's a leader in the House of Representatives. And Pamela Brown only wanted to talk about, of course, George Santos and wanted to talk about uh, January 6th and wanted to talk about Trump, wanted to talk about Trump's tax returns. Keep talking about Trump, Trump, Trump. They, the mainstream media, I call it the puppet media, 
never covers the Democrats, such as all the lies told by Joe Biden since he first went into public office more than a half a century ago. The lies don't matter if it comes out of a Democratic mouth, but if it comes out of a Republican mouth, that's all that's covered. So even now, the big story is, who are the Republicans going to have the Speaker of the House? Will, will it be? Uh, will it possibly be Stephen Scalise? And uh, and I'd love the response, uh, of Brad of, uh, of Warren Davidson, when he talked about the fact there's many other issues, and that Democrats have lied repeatedly. You know what I'm saying? Never had sexual relations with that woman, Monica Lewinsky, not one time, and then never covered. Let's continue with more. Next up is Representative Brad Wenster, Bill Cunningham, the Great American, live with you every Sunday night. Tired of overpaying for your cell phone bill? Switch to Consumer Cell... Choice Hotels. Econo Lodge and Roadway Inn Hotels are serving up double points for every qualifying stay. Book at choicehotels.com. Now, here's the man who's been recognized as radio's best. The recipient of not one, but two prestigious Marconi Awards for his broadcast excellence. The one and only, Bill Cunningham. All right, Billy Cunningham, the great American 2023 is finally here. There's been a revolution of sorts. In fact, the Republicans once again have taken over the House, and one of the leaders of the House will be Congressman Dr. Brad Wenstrup, especially when it comes to Dr. Anthony Fauci. Some conservative publications had Fauci as the liar of the year, but whether it's Dr. Brad Wenstrup or Joe Biden, these individuals have great influences, so when they lie, or shall I say miscalculate the truth, it has a severe consequence on us. If uh, George Santos is a good or bad congressman, uh, it's not going to impact us whatsoever because no one's going to pay much attention to him. But everyone the past uh, almost three years plus have paid attention to Dr. Anthony Fauci, who's given a deposition. Joining you and I now is uh, Congressman Dr. Brad Wenstrup. And once again, uh, and uh, Congressman, what difference does it make for those who live in in, uh, in and uh, little defined areas about what it means when the Republicans are in charge of the House as opposed to the Democrats. What gonna, what's going to change this year? Well, uh, first of all, we're going to get rid of some of the things that Pelosi put in place. Uh, we're not going to have to walk through magnetometers to get onto the floor of the House where we work, uh, which was a c complete sign of mistrust and uh, just a political uh, thing that she put forward. Just to have some show that Republicans must be bad people, um, that that'll be gone. And also the proxy voting will be gone. Uh, but more than that, we're going to get down to serious business. You know, I sit on the Intelligence Committee. The Intelligence Committee will no longer be the Impeachment Committee. If there is going to be anything along the lines of impeachment, I expect that that will take place under the Judiciary Committee uh, where it belongs. But you're going to see a lot of oversight because one of the things we found out that the American people want, besides good policies that we've been working on the last year to bring forward, is they want accountability in their government. They want some transparency in their government. And I can tell you 
that uh, sitting on the Intelligence Committee has been very frustrating because the agencies very often feel that they don't have to answer our questions, uh, that we must be working for them. And we have, from both sides of the aisle actually, recently reminded the intelligence community that if they don't answer our questions, if they don't give us the information that we want, then we're going to have a hard time passing their budget. We remind them that we created their agency and uh, we can defund their agency, or at least parts of it, or however we want to go about it. But that's going to be one of the differences that we see. Um, you know, it's a, it's a new year, and it's going to be a new time, and I'm ready to get down to work. Well, one of, uh, we want to talk about Fauci because you're a doctor in addition to being a congressman and a 25-year veteran who retired from the military as a full-bird colonel. But nonetheless, one of the most frustrating things I see is when uh, either FBI Director Christopher Wray or two or three other dudes uh, at his level, so to speak, of the FBI are asked questions such as, can you state under oath that no undercover FBI agents entered the Capitol on January 6th and committed violence therein? And you would think the easy answer to that question is, Hell no, we did not enter the Capitol on January the 6th and commit violence. That is something we would not do. But instead of saying that, I hear things like, uh, Senator, Congressman, I can't answer that question. Well, who is Ray Epps? Uh, Senator, I can't answer that question. Did you, did you have uh, intercepted uh, wire communications before January 6th of what was going to happen? And some of the times you get answers such as, we provide undercover agents and confidential informants all over the Oath Keepers, their Proud Boys, and other so-called extreme groups. It happens all the time. But we never get an answer as to what did the FBI know and when did they know it before January 6th. Do you share my frustration on that count before we talk about the other issues? Uh, I share it all the time. Uh, you know, You know what happened at the baseball field in 2017. And we can't get the case file from the FBI. Well, we will subpoena it. We've tried to get it. I've, I've talked to Christopher Ray and said, look, you know, you guys came out and somehow declared that this was, was suicide by cop when the guy clearly came to assassinate Republicans, even had names and descriptions of Republicans in his, in his pocket. So this was egregious, but they didn't want to say that someone from the left was trying to kill Republicans. So they called it suicide by cop when he, the guy didn't even know cops were there. We cannot get the case file. We have asked for it. This should be something we don't have to subpoena. That The Intelligence Committee says we want to see it. We get to see it. Well, we're, we haven't been able to, and we're going to end up subpoenaing that. And that's what I think you're going to see happen time and time again. And they still will try and stonewall us. But I think that they have to understand that we're a government of the people, and we represent the people, and they don't get to hide from us. And, you know, so going to the issue of, of Dr. Fauci and depositions and answering questions, uh, we're seeing right now with the deposition that he gave in front of the attorneys general of Missouri and Louisiana that he doesn't recall anything in the last two or three years, it seems like. 174 times in this deposition, he says, I don't remember. That was like two years ago. I'm sorry, but if you are this brilliant man, you should at least have a memory of the last two or three years when you are supposedly leading the country, if not the world, on how to deal with this pandemic that we're all being faced with that's just taken so many, uh, many lives. And he recently said, Oh, I'm not afraid about going in front of Congress. Um, I can I can explain all the decisions I made. 
He says that after he just gave a deposition where he says, I don't recall or don't remember 174 times. 174 times a so-called brilliant scientist medical doctor in charge of infectious disease reaction COVID-19 since I guess uh, the halcyon days of almost three years ago, February and March of 2020. And he doesn't remember 174 times which means he does not want to answer the question. Gain-of-function research is a key element of this. You and, and Senator Rand Paul have been on it big time. For uh, those who may not be uh, uh, fully cognizant of what's happening with gain-of-function research, first of all, tell the American people what is gain-of-function research and why, and secondly, why won't Fauci answer questions? Yeah, and I think they've, they kind of dance around that term because to some scientists, gain of function is more of a slang term, but it's the creation of a chimera, which the published uh, ability to do this came out in 2015 with Ralph Barrick in North Carolina and Xi Zhengli in China. Why we're doing research like this at all and why we're doing research like this with China is even more interesting, but there's Fauci and he was the one and, and Francis Collins dishing out these grants to do this type of work. But it's the creation of a new virus, if you will. It's taking parts of one and parts of another to create a new one. If you look up Chimera in, in Wikipedia, you'll see the horseman. And so it, it's creating something in this case that's more infectious than and the virus that previously existed. So you take one and you make it more infectious to human beings in particular. So we know this type of research is going on, but he dances around it. Yet in 2012, in an interview with Weekend Australia, he was asked about it, and he felt that the benefits to doing this type of research outweigh the risk. I'd like an explanation to what that is. Uh, in particular, and he was even asked in that interview, are, are you concerned that if something like that got out of the lab that it could create a pandemic? And again, he said the benefits outweigh the risk. Maybe he thought that creating a super virus and being able to treat it uh, was an amazing thing, but you know, there's no commercial use for creating a virus that can infect more human beings and cause more death. Uh, Congressman Brandon Wenstrip, uh, did the American taxpayer pay in China for the creation of COVID-19. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, that's what we're going to try and get to the bottom of. You know, the Wuhan Institute of Virology there was doing this type of research. We know that the capability exists. We also know that they have an entity called the Fifth Institute, which is part of their Academy of Military Medical Science. The Fifth Institute worked on coronaviruses as part of their bioweapons program. They spoke openly about the risk and the opportunity, if you will, uh, their possibility of creating bioweapons through these types of viruses. They, and our own State Department said that China is trying to create offensive bioweapons, and they said that back in 2005. 
So, we, you know, we know this type of thing has been going on. China's not going to give us the answers, but we have to draw conclusions. And also, I really want to get more from the intelligence community on what do we know about what was going on in Wuhan. And uh, certainly that may be classified information, but that's what our role is on the intelligence committee is to have oversight over these types of things and covert operations and everything else. Someone has to. Someone has to be able to have accountability for what our agencies are doing. So we're going to be looking into that. Um, you know, my, my thought right now is I don't think that if it came from the lab, which there's indications and more and more people are leading in that direction, there's, I don't think it was done intentionally because we know that they had safety problems in their labs. They were, they were sloppy and they had incidents that, that have been reported over the years. And so I think that there's a lot of things to look at that it may be coming from Wuhan, from the lab. I would say that the wet market was probably the first super spreader event, if you will, and that a lot of the spreading of COVID initially occurred in that region, which is all there together with the Wuhan Institute of Virology and the Fifth Institute. Is it definitely true that Dr. Anthony Fauci used American taxpayers' dollars to the tune of tens of millions of dollars over the years to give those monies to the communist red Chinese? And the question is, why do we give them any money? <laughs> They're not a third world country. Why do we pay them any money to create these viruses? Why? And, and the other question is, why are we doing it with them? And that's, that's really where we, where we are. Uh, maybe there's some advantage to that that I don't know of. But we are seeking and trying to get the information about every grant that went out the door. How much was given? Why was it given? Who did it go to? The Government Accountability Office even said that some of the grants that were going to our universities, our academic institutions, were then subgranted to China and the Fifth Institute. Uh, this is a problem, and there's got to be accountability for all this. The American people need to know this. And, you know, we put out our uh, the unclassified early report that we just put out a few weeks ago, and we talk about the intelligence community not uh, being transparent with us and also ignoring some of the things that are out there. So we're, we're going to drive further into all these types of things, and someone's got some explaining to do, and we want those answers. It's amazing to me how there are two sets of rules, one for Republicans and one for Democrats. I assure you this year, Representative Wenstrup, that the mainstream media, uh, I call it the puppet media, is going to be on you, on Jim Jordan, on Jim Banks, like red on a rose, because they don't want the American people to know what kind of liar is Dr. Anthony Fauci. How does a brilliant man not know uh, a, a hundred and how many, 146 times uh, the answers to basic questions and depositions? And when you and others go into this, it's going to be ugly how the media deals with you for asking the questions. But however, when a Republican falls from grace like George Santos or when a terrible event, a riot takes place like January the 6th, the, the media wants one version of the facts to get out, but the puppet media does not let the other version of the facts get out. Are you ready for the media onslaught of criticisms about to come your way? You know, I think uh, approach this professionally, which I expect that we will. 
with what I want to do with the origins of COVID investigation and the tentacles that spring from that. Uh, you're just asking questions for accountability and you're just asking for truth and honesty. Uh, it's not picking on somebody. It's not intended to be vindictive. It may end up being that way. It depends on, on what someone comes at you with. But really, we just want answers from the people that can give the answers. And if Dr. Fauci is not capable of remembering the last two to three years and the things that he said and did and remembering his own emails, even when they're put in front of him, things that he said in, in that regard, then he's going to he's gonna have a problem. But there may be others. There may be others that do remember what he said and why he said it. And so there's a range of people that we need to talk to besides just Dr. Fauci. And so we'll see where that leads because there's a lot of people whose names have been associated with a lot of the actions and comments that Dr. Fauci made over the last several years, and we want to establish their motive for going in the directions they went in, for example, ignoring that it may have come from the lab and only saying that it must have come from the wet market. Uh, I think that some of the people that in science world that are putting those types of things out were the recipients of grants for this type of research. So they probably don't want their name associated with something that maybe created a horrific pandemic for the whole world. And uh, one thing, Dr. Shaw is the uh, Biden White House COVID-19 coordinator. He said about 10 days ago, and I want to read the quote. This is in the Washington Post. Quote, this is from the now the current expert on uh, COVID-19, Ashish Jaw, the White House COVID-19 coordinator. Everyone's seen him on TV regularly. Quote, this is from Dr. Jaw himself. There is no study in the world that shows that masks work that well. No studies show masks work well against respiratory infections like COVID-19. And so I'm reading these reports, and now we find out that whether it's Boston and some area school has started, that the kids are going to have to wear masks again in school. Well, I've recently traveled. I see lots of little children with moms uh, virtue signaling to the world. These little four- and five-year-olds are walking around with masks on. When Dr. Jaw says there's no study in the world that indicates mask wearing works very well, what the hell are we doing? Yeah, well, there never was a study. And, you know, I think for some people, they just wanted to be able to say they were doing something. I mean, it, this, is, this is coming from school boards and all across the land where people have decided, oh, I know, we have a problem, put a mask on. Well, if that's so successful, why do we still have a problem? And so that doesn't work, and you gotta be honest with people. You've gotta be honest about what's going on medically. And also, you have to be honest when you, when you say what you don't know. Uh, you know, people appreciate that. And yeah. you know, I look at things like during COVID when they said initially, well, we think that during the summer, this may abate because uh, usually coronaviruses, they'll go away in the summer. Okay. Well, that didn't happen, did it? You guys got to no. say that. I thought that was a sound theory, but guess what? It didn't happen with this one. It's super infectious, and that's not the case. So you have to be honest with the American people. Tell people what you know for a fact and what you don't know and where we should be headed. But we should have been really prioritizing who needed protection the most. And, you know, you had people like the, the uh, great great barrington uh declaration that came out and they they got squashed right they were they were twitter. just beaten up yeah twitter and everybody else just took them down well right now 
you read what they had to say back then. They're looking pretty smart. Yeah. But uh, once again, Brad Wenstrup, uh, let's keep the lines of communication open. This is going to be one hell of a ride in the new Congress. And once again, thank you for coming on the Bill Cunningham Show. Thank you, Congressman Brad Wenstrup. Thank you, sir. Yeah, thank you, Bill. Uh, let's continue with more. Bill Cunningham, the great American, live with you every Sunday night. The music we listen to all year long. I pray to God at some point, someone like Dr. Anthony Fauci is held to account for the damage he's inflicted upon this great country of ours. And I do want to know more about Hunter Biden. I want to know more, not necessarily about that drug addict and about that loser. I want to hear about the connections the president of the United States have to the, to the monies raised by Hunter Biden from Burisma, from the Ukraine, from China and elsewhere. I can only imagine if there was a Republican president who there was emails back and forth with his uh, son talking about the big guy getting his cut and how many millions of dollars have you been paid? And, and the fact that uh, the big guy's taking half my paycheck, what the media would have done with that would have been utterly unbelievable. We'll see what happens starting on Tuesday or Wednesday when Kevin McCarthy should be the Speaker of the House. Let's continue with more. Next up, Julie Gunlock, Bill Cunningham with you every Sunday night. Traffic and weather. News Radio 700 WLW, Cincinnati. New York City machete attack looking like the suspect had radical Islamic ideologies. With the 1230 report, I'm Sean McCormick. Breaking now, FBI agents in Maine are searching the home of the suspect accused of attacking three New York City police officers with a machete on New Year's Eve. The alleged terror attack happened just outside of Times Square as revelers were packing into the area. The suspect was shot in the shoulder and taken into custody. ABC News senior investigative correspondent Aaron Katursky has more. All three officers have now been released from the hospital. Here at the scene, we're told police found a backpack that contained the suspect's diary. The last entry in that diary indicated the suspect planned to die in the attack, and he asked for a Muslim funeral. Now the latest weather from the forecasters at 9 News. Overnight, cloudy skies, a low of 50. When we start our Monday off, cloudy with a slight chance of showers and a high of 63 Monday night. Chance of showers and storms, a low of 58. Then Tuesday, rain, possibly a storm, a high of 64. The radar is clear. It is currently 48 degrees. Well, yesterday was the first day Ohio's entry into legalized sports gambling. It went from the diehard gambler to the novice just wanting to know what was going on. Betting online, going to the casino. Jessica Franks of the Ohio Casino Control Commission. The commission understands that people are very excited about sports gaming, but we encourage them to, if they are going to wager, to do so responsibly. There's a lot of information available online, um, and the state has started with our partners. We've got a number of helpful campaigns out there um, encouraging folks to set limits both on time and uh, money. Tonight, when the Bengals host the Buffalo Bills at Paycor Stadium, they'll be able to clinch the AFC North title with a win or a tie. That's because the Steelers defeated the Ravens on Sunday night football 16-13. to Kickoff tonight is at 8.30. You can hear all the action right here. Pre-game is starting with Sports Talk at 3 o'clock. Our next update is at 1 o'clock. I'm Sean McCormick, News Radio 700 WLW. Since 1973, OOIDA has... Billy Cunningham, the great American, of course, Julie Gunlock, 
a frequent guest of the Bill Cunningham Show until about eight months ago. Somehow, we lost track of each other, which is my fault. <laughs> but now Julie Gunlock, I love that name, is back. And uh, of the Independent Women's Forum, IWF Independent Women's Forum. And Julie Gunlock, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and welcome to the Bill Cunningham Show. Julie, how are you? I'm doing great. And I tell you, I lost some street cred with my, my Ohio-born husband when I stopped coming on with regularity. So I'm glad to be back. You're back now, <laughs> loud, proud, and sassy. Uh, I, I've told some of my buddies in the public education sector, be careful being woke be careful what you do. I see uh, on uh, Tuesday four indictments have been issued against two Loudoun County public school officials. Many superintendents and directors of communication think that, uh, that somehow the laws of nature and God and uh, the criminal justice system does not apply to them. Former superintendent, he was let go, uh, Scott Ziegler, is charged with one count of falsification, one count of prohibited conduct one count of penalizing an employee for a court appearance and the director of public information a guy named wade uh byard b-y-a-r-d was indicted on account of felony perjury he's facing up to a year in jail and big fines and the background of this is very interesting uh normally superintendents and director of communications aren't indicted in public school systems kind of describe the background of the information that resulted in the rape of a girl in a bathroom. Yeah, I'm so glad you're, you're talking about this because this is a cautionary tale for every public school administrator and, and frankly for school boards who for too long have thought that they can lie to parents, they can uh, mistreat parents, and ultimately uh, really not care about the safety of kids uh, that in their schools that they're in charge of. What happened here in Loudoun County, this is not far from where I live, uh, you had a superintendent, uh, you know, basically keeping information from the public. And what's so horrible is there was a rape in a school in Loudoun County. They kept it secret. They sort of covered it up. Uh, that's where the indictments are coming from. But the worst part of the story is that that student was not expelled, was not arrested. He was simply transferred to another school within Loudoun County Schools where he then raped a second student and all along the school, the school and frankly the school board was involved in this as well and there are there are calls for that entire school board to resign and hopefully we'll accomplish that as well um, but this uh, it turns out that there was a, a, a grand jury convened and they found that that this superintendent along with the head of communications for that school lied to parents uh, covered this up and and again it resulted in a second rape um, this school board and the superintendent never once apologized for this. They've never come clean about this. They've never communicated with that community about what went wrong. They denied, denied, denied. And they now they can take those denials to jail because they're indicted and the evidence is very strong against them. And the father of the first female rape victim was uh, wanting to speak at a school board yes. meeting. And that, that father was hauled out, uh, yes. uh, arrested. And as I understand it, there was a transgender student who was biologically male who identified as female that uh, got into the girls' uh, locker room bathroom. And so explain what happened to the father. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought this up. It's really important. Scott Smith, brave father in, in Loudoun County. When this first happened, it is important to, to reveal, and you just did, that it was a, a transgender identifying student. He, was a, he wore a skirt. He got into the girls' bathroom because he was allowed to go into the girls into the women the girls bathroom in the school where he raped the, his first victim in in a stall. The grand jury investigation also found that during while that rape was happening, a teacher walked in on it, and you know what that teacher did? Turned her back and walked out. Did not report it. So that poor girl was left to be raped by this transgender student. That girl's father went to the school board. He wanted to address this and say, hey, uh, my daughter was sexually assaulted in the school bathroom. And as he went up to the microphone, a trans activist walked up to him, started assaulting him. And the minute he turned to face this transgender activist and sort of yell back, he was brought to the ground by police officers at the orders of the school board and dragged out of there. He was later arrested. And the prosecutor in Loudoun County, who also should resign, then tried to press charges against him and prosecute him. It wasn't until months later that we realized what had happened. I mean, obviously, a lot of parent advocates realized what was afoot here. But it wasn't until months later that he was essentially exonerated. It is a terrible story of abuse of not only children, but parents, parent activists. The entire school district of Loudoun County needs to have complete turnover. It's just an absolute shame what those families have endured. And really, the insecurity now among all Loudoun County public school parents who are afraid to send their kids to that school district. Well, if it was Loudoun County, which is in Virginia by itself, that's one thing. But what's happening there is similar to what's happening in thousands of other school districts. I'm looking at a report here from the New York Times. And if the New York Times says it, it must be true. It says <laughs> a recent, a recent in-depth report by the New York Times confirms what many gender critics have long known to be true. Quote, puberty blockers and other hormonal treatments are not temporary or reversible. In fact, much of the evidence points to severe developmental damage in gender-confused children who are put on puberty blockers at a young age. One New York adolescent yeah. with whom the Times spoke, for example, said she was forced to stop taking blockers after two years because she suffered a loss of bone density, plus a bunch of other medical conditions, such as wretched vomiting and explosive diarrhea. She said, the girl's mother, we went into this because we wanted to help her. I was told it was the right thing to do. Now we found out that powerful drugs were administered to my daughter without telling us of the long-term health consequences, quote-unquote. And so if Loudoun County was by itself, if they were the Lone Ranger, at least you could say, well, that's... No, but guess almost from California, Portland, Chicago, Cincinnati, if, if a child comes forward and says, I feel like I'm in, I'm in the wrong gender, how many times will the school work with the child against the wishes of a parent to begin the process of transitioning? Oh, it's it is it's it's an epidemic in this country. Schools are determined to hide these things from parents. These schools, and in, in my own town of Alexandria, Virginia, have said that they will allow they will help 
students in their gender-affirming care. That sounds nice, Billy. That sounds like a nice gender-affirming care. Oh, that actually means they will, without telling the parents, they will they will help this child get on puberty blockers. Eventually, uh, they'll get, help them get on um, uh, testosterone or or estrogen to change their gender, and then put them on a path to surgery. This is and look, this is the thing. We know that most of these kids have underlying issues, whether it's autism or uh, gender dysphoria or eating disorders, or perhaps they were abused. They have other mental disorders that need to be addressed. And instead of addressing those underlying issues, these school administrators who know nothing about these issues are putting these kids on a path to irreversible damage and body mutilation. It is tragic. It is sick. And I do urge all of your listeners to go to IWF.org. Our our um, policy analyst, uh, Kelsey Bowler, has been doing documentaries on this issue. Called, we call it the Identity Crisis Documentary Series. It is powerful. And also, make sure you have a box of tissues nearby because it is really um, emotional to see what these kids have gone through and the adults who have put them on this dangerous path. I reported a few days ago that there's a teacher in Dublin, Ireland. Of course, Dublin, Ireland, the Irish do not have a constitution like ours. No country does. Right. In which the teacher, who was a 48-year-old male, refused to call students by their uh, uh, chosen gender and mm -hmm. refused to call a he a she or a she a he, refused to use those terms. And the school board took him to court. There was an yes. order issued by a judge, his name was Ryan, to uh, do the, the right thing, follow the binary rules. He refused. He's been locked up since the middle of September. He wanted to get, wow. get out for Christmas. The judge said no until you submit. I'm looking at another yeah. uh, story. Christian parents in the U.K. are accusing the Church of England's primary school of going against Christian faith by indoctrinating young students with transgender ideology, claiming children as, as young as three can choose to be a different gender. Parents mm. are removing their three kids from St. Michael's Church of England Primary School in Kent. It's at least we, Julie Gunlock, at least we have a constitution, freedom of speech, right. but it doesn't apply within the employment context. And, and so right. what's happening in America is happening all over the world, and you're like a woman, you're like a mother, you're like a wife. How in the hell is this happening? If somebody would have told us five or ten years ago, we're going to be in this world of transgender rights and puberty blockers and boys showering with girls after a soccer event in high school, we never would have believed it. This is impossible. But I, but I will say, I will say this, Billy. We have parents have for too long ceded way too much to the public schools and the government. Look, today in the public schools, you can drop your kids off at like seven in the morning, where they'll be fed breakfast, and then they go to school, and then they're fed a government lunch, and then there's all sorts of after-school programs so you can work longer. Okay, and then you know there's even after-school dinner now, and now there's even weekend programs that you can drop your kids off at the school, even when they, the schools are closed for the holidays. They still feed the kids, okay? I mean, we saw this sort of stuff through COVID, all through COVID, where schools were opened up 24-7 to offer schools. And again, the after aftercare, the, the, the before care. You know, in my local high school, you can go there. Any child can go there and get birth control, get references for abortions. They can get treated for, a, uh, for an STD. And the parents are not told any of this. But you know when the parents are called? called when they have a paper cut. 
and when they skin their knee on the on the on the playground, okay, we have schools that have daycare centers attached to them for the children who have babies. Okay, we have for too long as parents ceded these responsibilities to the government. So I am not surprised now, you know, and I I sort of get frustrated because look, we shouldn't the public schools should have no role in any of this stuff. But again, we have allowed public schools to become these powerful social social sort of program centers. And, and so I'm not entirely surprised by this, but parents really need to get a hold of this. And frankly, they need to pull their kids, if they can, they need to pull their kids out of these schools, they need to homeschool, they need to find alternatives. And again, all of this is another reason that we so desperately need school choice in this country. People should really have the ability to take their kids out of these dangerous schools and put them in schools that, that match their family morals, and and won't won't do these harmful, incredibly abusive things, really criminal things to children. So most public schools dispense birth control pills and condoms yeah. uh, without parents' parental knowledge. And if a high school girl gets pregnant, they have a daycare center attached if you want to keep the baby, which I would encourage them to keep your baby. But secondly, yeah, if that uh, 16-year-old girl wants to have an abortion, that is done by federal court order without uh, parental permission. Well, and what's even so much, what's even more amazing is often the parents have to pay for it through their own insurance, and they're not even told beforehand. So your daughter can go and get treated for an STD, and you get the bill that you never knew she had that in the first place. It is just really astonishing these days what is being kept from parents. How much parents have lost control over their own children, what their children experience, what they see. You know, we we're, we have the people constantly moaning and groaning about the uh, groaning about the mental health crisis in this country and it's true among youth we have a crisis on our hands and yet these government officials and frankly medical the medical community is just as bad they don't think parents have a role here parents are critical to their children's health whether that be nutritionally mentally physically parents are critical and increasingly in this country parents are being set aside it is very very dangerous what's on, on what what's in store for our nation's children lastly julie gunlock independent women's forum American Library Association, I thought not exactly a controversial organization, has elected a Marxist lesbian as their president-elect. And uh, her name is Emily Trebinsky, and she ran the campaign to become the president of the ALA by talking mainly about Marxism. She works as mm -hmm. an interim chief librarian. She said... Uh, uh, the consequences of decades of unchecked climate change, class warfare, white supremacy, and imperialism have led us here. If we want a world that includes public good like a library in which you organize our collective power and wield it, vote for me. So one of yeah. the criteria for the American Library Association is to elect a Marxist, your opinion. Yep. Well, this is no surprise. Look, librarians have been on the uh, have been increasing. Libraries and librarians have been sort of inching to the left for decades. Bills to to to, to protect Americans and and everyone was sort of scratching their heads and saying, God, when did librarians become like yeah. nice librarians? Right? You think of cat ladies and people who like to read to children. No. They are uh, largely on the left now, but this actually echoes most institutions in America, most professional organizations. I mean, you have medical organizations, Philly, that are now advocating for the transition of children's, uh, children, the removal of breast tissue of children as young as 13, the removal of, of, of the penises of little boys as young as 16 it is, and younger. It is absolutely sickening what the professional 
sort of trade organizations have become in this country. And yes, many of these powerful organizations are fully Marxist. So we have a quite a battle on our hands. It's not just parents. It's not just, you know, First Amendment uh, 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 people, p- people who are interested in the First Amendment. It is everyone. We are really losing our country and we have to get active. Well, uh, Randy Weingarten, the president of the Teachers Union, is the one that endorsed this new librarian. Of course. And uh, (laughs) and this is pure and simple communism. It's called Marxism. It's in the public libraries everywhere. It's in the classrooms. We could do a whole show on CRT, which is signifying Mm -hmm. racist children who are seven years old. Don't have time for that. But Julie Gunlock, I want to do it again. I. Uh, I don't know how we lost track, but that is over with. <laughs> Bill Cunningham, the Great American, live with you every Sunday night. I'm Mungus Shatikler, and it turns out astrology is way more widespread than any of us want. to a better New Year. It, it wouldn't be a high bar to get over for 2023 to be a better year than 2022 or 2021 or 2020. And I would hope that the American people would come to our collective senses at some point dealing with what's happening in Washington on the southern border. And we began by talking about the new laws in effect in Illinois and in California. In California, for example, doctors no longer need to be present to provide abortions. It can be done by nurses without the presence of any doctor, without a hospital being anywhere. It's disgusting. It's wrong. Also, we have a circumstance where uh, the southern border is getting worse uh, almost by the hour. And thank God the U.S. Supreme Court ruled a few days ago that Title 42 can remain in effect. Thank God that's the case. But it's not good. We don't have an extra 5 million housing units unoccupied in this great country of ours. We don't have 2 million empty public school desks ready to accept illegal aliens from all over the, all over the world. We don't have emergency rooms that are empty and vacant waiting for patients to show up. It doesn't work that way. And so I pray to God. At some point, we come to our collective senses. And if you live in one of those blue cities in a blue state like Chicago or Los Angeles, tough times lie ahead. I can't imagine a worse place to be. And I look forward at some point in Chicago with Lori Lightheaded, somehow to be kicked out of office politically by Democratic voters who say, you know what, we can't take it anymore. We simply cannot take it anymore. But it's going to be, I hope, a better year than 2022 and 2021. We'll see what occurs. But every Sunday night, the great American and Danny Boy, Danny Boy Gleason, my producer, will be with you if uh, the good Lord will. uh, Thanks for listening. And uh, very much good to hear from uh, Mike McDonald of the Catholic League, what a fool believes. So I'll see you next Sunday night. Bill Cunningham, the great American, with you live every Sunday night. Tired of overpaying for your cell phone bill? Switch to Consumer Cellular and save up to half on your wireless plan. Their award-winning 100% U.S.-based customer support team makes switching easy. Plus, you can keep your phone in number with no contract or activation fees. They offer unlimited talk and text with a flexible data plan starting at just $20 a month. You can easily add your family and friends to your plan for just $15 a month per line. Never worry about dropped calls. Consumer Cellular has the exact same coverage as the major carriers to over 99% of the nation. This is all backed by their 100% risk-free guarantee. Join the millions of others who have switched. 
Go to ConsumerCellular.com slash Radio 25. And for a limited time, get $25 off when you use promo code Radio 25. That's ConsumerCellular.com slash Radio 25. Promo code Radio 25. I expect it to be a lot easier. I thought it was going to be a piece of cake. I didn't know what step to take next. I was transitioning from the military. I was a vehicle gunner. An avionics specialist. I was an MP, military police. My friends thought I could do anything. I missed my unit, my family. Playing with my daughter, I felt like a stranger. I was overwhelmed. I couldn't sleep. I just wanted to be by myself. I didn't have a clear sense of what to do next. I was too proud. And then I thought, if I'm going through this, other veterans have gone through it too, right? I started to open up. And it made a huge difference. So I reached out and I saw that I wasn't alone. Because before I was able to take on my next mission, I had to take on just taking care of Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.